Hello, Top 504 listeners. Welcome back to our 12th episode. 12th episode. And actually, I, I, I thought about this. We should be giving our Top 504 listeners like a name. Um, <laughs> like I don't know. Like I feel like every podcast has like. Um, What's the one you mentioned the other day? Uh, top five O fans. Aaron, what do you uh, what do you think of that one? <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry, I was just shaking my head at first. <laughs> what was the one that the the dollop used? Uh, I don't know. You've been listening to the dollop lately. I know that um, there's the murder one. So I've been yes. listening to uh, my favorite murder, which I think a lot of people listen to, and they call them uh, murderinos. I think like we should fans. just steal that. <laughs> Murderino. Hello, Murderinos. Uh, shocker. Today we're talking about New Orleans again uh, yeah. and the best parts about New Orleans. No, this is better. This is a different one. This is like a true love fest. That simply, we live in simply the best damn city because uh, we're going to talk today about the, what are you guys laughing at? We're going to talk about um, like New Orleans' top five contributions to the world at large. Which is very lie. different from the other podcasts no, we've done on yeah. New Orleans. <laughs> no, that was like, oh, top five pizza places, but we're not saying we have the top five pizza place. Maybe we do in the world, but this one is truly top five things that we've like thrown out. And, and honestly, there's so many more than five um, that we are just going to go ahead. We, we, we're just going to off the top of our head go around Get ready, Murderinos. And just, just see like ones that we're not going to mention in the episode that have also been created. So I'll start off, guys, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, do you know that New Orleans invented deep-fried turkey? We did that, deep-fried turkey. I don't doubt that. It's one of the well, most <laughs> obese cities in the country for a very long time. Why are you being so you, negative right now? Thank you, Houston and Oklahoma City. Are you going to be this negative all episode? Deep-fried turkey, that's a Probably. positive thing. Put it in the positive category. What do you got, Adam? Uh, I'm going to stick on the poultry. Popeye's chicken. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so of, every, of everything that you could have mentioned, you also went poultry Eats his Popeyes, so Popeyes, Popeyes serves at least three vegetables, so I think it's, by <laughs> our standards, it's very okra. healthy. Yeah. Potatoes don't count as a vegetable anymore, I think. I think. Um, I've got uh, Louis Armstrong. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very nice. Um, I've got uh, Venetian blinds. Those are the blinds that... Um, the turn. Yeah, like you, they, they turn, and so you have to like lift them all you the way up. Right yeah, yeah. We've got some Venetian blinds behind us right now. I've uh, got uh, craps oh. of the gambling variety. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. Very nice. So yeah, that what actually I don't even know how do you play craps. Uh, I tried to learn this weekend. Uh, at... I, you you learn craps by um, burning money until you learn. <laughs> until you learn. Okay. Yes. I don't think I'm ready to do that in my, my current. Learning to state. golf. Learning to golf is cheaper. Learning to like <laughs> fly an airplane is cheaper than learning how to play craps. Yeah. We did that here in New Orleans. We learned to to craps. Yeah. Uh, what you got, Aaron? What's another one? Uh, Richard Simmons. Oh. Yeah. Richard Simmons is a guy from here. Yeah. Is he isn't he missing? Isn't that a nah, podcast? Great podcast. He's though. on uh he's on hiatus. Oh, but he's but he's found people he, know roughly He's not dead. He's not okay. dead. Oh, that's great. Okay. We don't think he's dead. That's cool. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um uh, what also isn't dead is a dobash cake. We invented oh. that here. Those those thin layers. I think some like it's always like, oh, my cake's too dry. Oh, my cake's too moist. I don't know what else. Is. But but dobash is perfect because it's like thin layers of cake and icing, cake and icing, cake yeah. and icing. It's unbelievable. I love dobash cake. We did that right here. Uh, another thing, I'm really excited with the World Cup coming up. I bought Direct TV, uh, and there's this great show that I DVR'd the other day called This Person's Name: How He Lost It All. Bringing it back to our villains episode, oh, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage, his oh. final resting place <laughs> is in New Orleans. We contributed that we to the did world. That. I think yeah. that's going to bump up tourism like a ton. Like we yeah. said last week, that tourism is at like eleven billion or eleven million. Now it's going to be. A There's an hour and thirty yeah. minutes show on my DVR about how we lost it all. That I'm wow. really excited for. <laughs> Can't wait to see. We should watch that all together. <laughs> what you uh, got? Um, 
vomiting on your friends. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's not exactly. I don't know if we were the first to do that, but I think we've perfected. We it. yeah yeah we that was our contribution to, well, to we culture. That. We, yeah. it's, it's totally okay to do that. Yeah. You have to just, as long as it stays on one specific street. This is a part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one is a prescribed medicine. Prescribed medicine is oh. what I think. Some people say pharmacy, but I don't think it was. I think we were the first pharmacy in North America. Yeah. I think we're the first place in the world to prescribe medicine, and mostly the medicine was just booze. Um, yeah. Learned, yeah. So that, that kind of goes yeah. hand in hand. And then you throw parents, up on your friends. And then you throw up yeah. on your friends after you take your medicine. See? How many of these are we going to do before we actually <laughs> get into our top five? I feel like we should probably, we should probably stop. stop about now. All right, let's call it. I got one more. Oh, you want to do? Okay, what do you got? Slap bracelets. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell if you're lying right now. All chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Also chicken. I just we made those do. up. Okay, thank God. No, I was like maybe we did. Let me fact check. Um, well, anyway, as you can tell, there's there's a lot. We stopped. We could have gone forever. We have so many inventions. Um, you may have noticed we're saying right now Aaron and not Alex um, because Alex is uh, where is he? Is he's at his wedding or is his honeymoon? He's in Panama. Yeah, he's uh, checking out Panama. And, uh, you know, what are you, I'm probably doing nice things with, I mean, I don't know how to say this in a non-dirty, he and his wife are having a great time. They have no television access, so they're not watching the World Cup. Oh. Uh, and it's raining, so that's having terrible. a blast. They're having a great time. Yeah. Taking in honor of Missing Alex, yeah. we do our top five moments from Alex's wedding this past week. Oh. There were so yeah. many, there were so many great weddings. Uh, yeah. Moments. At moments, yeah. Um, one that I loved so much. So, okay. So, um, Alex, Adam, and myself were in a fantasy football league. Um, we played basketball one time together. Um, the greatest court in the world. <laughs> yeah. Over by Miss Mays, um, up on Napoleon and Magazine Street. There's a court right there. And, uh, Alex and I were like really, really, uh, bantering back and forth with each other all night long. And, um, I was like, you know, you think you're a better basketball player than me? He's also, he's like a foot and a half taller than me. And I'm like, you know what? Fine, let's take it to the court. And we did. And Adam, do you remember who won that basketball game? Uh, aren't you 2-0 and now? I'm 2-0 and because at the wedding, we did a rematch with a bunch of other people. And I, so uh, Alex was going up for the game-winning layup. I chased him down, rejected him for behind, kind of like three years ago when, uh, when, when the king, uh, James... Whatever he uh, he LeBron, LeBron James. James whatever LeBron James. I'm so worked up right James. now King James uh, did, had that great behind the person uh, rejection I did that to Durrell recover the ball before it went out of bounds kicked it back out to my teammate who happens to be a, uh, a Division One basketball player formerly who then sunk the three we won the game again that wow. was my highlight of or one of my highlights of Alex Durrell's winning. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't talk about what happened after that. But mm. my highlight uh, may have been, or one of them, at the wedding, Alex and Maggie apparently chose their own personal pastas. And we later learned that it was Alex's idea to put, this is Alex's favorite pasta. This uh, is yeah. Maggie's favorite pasta. Uh. One was significantly better than the other. Yeah. And the next day, Alex <laughs> came and he was like, so which pasta was better? And like so fully expecting that so his confident. pasta was going to be the best. And unanimously, <laughs> it, it was, was spaghetti with what I'm not even gonna get mean about it. Maggie's was better. It was way better because like Alex just had like um, it was like uh, some thick pasta that we were supposed to recognize was not spaghetti with pancetta. And it's like oh yeah, Alex. It sounds like Alex. And yeah. then Maggie's was like 
big shells with uh, butter and, and cheese. cheese and chives. Oh wow! And it was fucking awesome. Yeah, like, that delicious. kicked the shit out of the big pasta. So thing. in the score of their eventual lives <laughs> together, Maggie won. Gets out. Gets out. Uh, I'm sure start. Maggie's up a lot more after this trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Maggie won. Alex zero. Aaron, you got one? You got anything? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine. Uh, I think my favorite one was my invitation. Ooh. Ouch. I mean, to be fair, how long have you known him for? Actually, have you ever... I've I filled in for him professionally twice now. That's a good point. He should I, be... We should really... Uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. You should be there. Um, I couldn't have made it. I had a thing, so I couldn't have made it That's anyway. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. It's probably fine. It's probably really fun. Um, yeah, anyway, there's, there's a lot of great moments. Great know. moments. Congratulations, Alex and Maggie uh, and Brady. They both gave great... Um, they did their own vows. It was beautiful. It was so nice. Yeah, I'm sure it was nice. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Aaron. I'm sure the TV show... There's so much good... TV. This is the golden age of TV. So there's probably so much... I'm sorry, I heard. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I you, did. Yeah. It's a lot of great I saw TV. that on a... I saw that on TV. A lot of great TV out there. <laughs> All right, murder videos or yeah. whatever. Murder, murder videos. I feel like we're going to get... We're at some point going to get sued for this. But five, what about five Oritos? Like five or four? Uh, five Arena. Well, five or, be, but I think it's... Do we want to do Enos or Ito? They do Murderinos. And I feel like if we're that close, we should just go Murderinos. <laughs> I'm sticking with Murderitos for now. Murderitos. <laughs> like Margarita. Yeah. All right, Margaritas. Um, yeah, so w- I guess the first big question before we get into our lists is, um, I don't know, I think, like, why? I guess we should start with is, but I think why is New Orleans such, does have, have like an outsized influence on the rest of the world? It feels like for, for not, what are we, like the... 50th, I don't know, 45th largest city in the, we probably should have looked this Memphis up Memphis is bigger yeah. than us, and you don't right. hear Memphis. They talk about barbecue, and MLK was shot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't hear them talking about it as much as we do. Right, and the MLK thing's not really a brag, necessarily. No, it's, it's not a good thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> bummer. Um, and so, yeah, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of, we got a couple of bummers, for sure, but then we got a lot of brags. And so, I mean, are we, are, do we have some sort of outsized influence in the world, or, I don't know, Aaron, what do you think? Um, I... Well, Aaron, you're pulling up stats. This is crazy. El Paso is number 22. Yeah, we're oh, yeah. way down there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like we might, but still I... still scrolling. I think yeah. it's also... Good God. Yeah, let's I, just, before we even go on, let's just see where we 49. are. 49. Wow. 49, yeah, okay, top 50. That's what I said. Yeah. God, I'm so good. Uh, right behind Colorado Springs. Mm. And, uh, I don't even know Mesa, where that is. It's Mesa, Arizona. the Olympic Committee. Oh, that's where you you said in a previous episode that uh, Adam, you want to work there. Yeah. yeah. One day. Hey, listening, please call. I'm looking for a new job. <laughs> Give him a. Oh, sure. um, no. So, so to answer your question, uh, I don't know if New Orleans actually has an outsized influence or just we've just been here so long yeah. um, that some of the things have lasted in that. Uh, makes it seem like it. That's an interesting point. I, so I, I, I read something recently that said, um, compare like New York and Boston and Philadelphia when they when they I guess it wasn't America at the time it was the colonies, but when, let's I mean essentially the United States of America as it was yeah. uh, growing up, um, they they came in on the ground floor. They were they were infants at a time that the that that what would become America were infants. But like really, when New Orleans joined America. We were like a 17-year-old kid already. Like we had been like really right. almost a 100-year-old kid. Um, like we had been around for a while. We had different parents. And then we were like, I don't know this. I don't know exactly where this analogy is going, but I think well, you, you know, get it. I think it's yeah. to the debate of why are we so big on ourselves. And like when I typed in 
the exact question, why is New Orleans so big on themselves? It immediately predictively texted, why is New Orleans so pompous? Uh, and then I found another article about the not-so-famous Atlanta Falcons-New Orleans Saints rivalry. Mm. And they even say on there, like, you know what? In 1864, New Orleans had 167,000 people and Atlanta had 9,600. Damn right. And that was before Sherman burned them down. And then now Atlanta has six times as many people as us. Why are we squawking as much as we are compared you think, to other cities? Do you think that we put up a billboard back then that said like... Uh, 28-3? Yeah, like, either that or like 160,000 people to 900. Sherman won Atlanta zero. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sherman. Yeah, gotcha. Um, wait, who do you think people in Atlanta hate more, Sherman or Tom Brady? <laughs> That's a good point. Or, or Drew Brees. Probably, I don't know, where would, it, where would it go? I don't know, but fun random historical fact of the day. Give Sherman, first president of Louisiana State University. Oh, oh yeah. That's yep. right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, are we, I feel like, okay, I hear what you guys are saying. Um, I guess, Aaron, you're saying, you're questioning what, you're just questioning maybe like, maybe all cities, I guess both of you guys are the same thing, maybe all cities kind of do this thing where they say, we're so special, we're so special. I don't special. think they do. Like, I feel like Houston knows that their traffic sucks. I know that Houston, you know, like, the, Houston doesn't say, man, we are so great, we've got this vibrant culture. I don't I hear that they from do. Jackson, Mississippi. I don't hear that from Jackson, Mississippi. Orlando but... knows that they are a, a manufactured city in the middle of nowhere. No, they're like the New city Orleans of dreams. Props yeah. up its culture Wait, more Orlando? than other cities. <laughs> Time out. Hold on. Stop the presses. Orlando's the city of something. I mean, they're like it's, it's Disney World. They can. Just, there's a Magic Kingdom. Orlando. Yes, it's the Magic Kingdom. It's literally not the city of dreams. It's literally the city of we built a dream. Yeah, well, okay, so they've got There's something to do. I think beat everyone, out New Orleans to get Disney. World. I'm sure oh, that Houston's marketing department is going, is, is on fire right now trying to come up with whatever their thing is. And, like, I don't know. I think, okay, what do you think? I've always wondered why, for example, Ireland. Why does Ireland has, what, uh, 4 million people? Uh-huh. At, like, on this island, on this tiny island. Mm-hmm. Why in the world, like, off the coast of, of an extremely um, uh, venerated continent... And why they like? It's hard to think of a more of, of a single country that has a more outsized influence, except for maybe America on the rest of the world. Like everybody celebrates St. Patrick's Day, um, or at least a whole lot of people do. Um, like I feel like. Uh, well, is that true? I mean, is that true that everybody? I mean, here, here in the U.S. Oh yeah, I think I mean at least all over Europe. At okay. least. So even even if it's just America and Europe, which I'm pretty sure it's not, but even if it's just those two, I don't gotcha. think they celebrated in Haiti. Ooh. I don't know. We can, we can look. Okay, so let's just say for argument's sake that even um, it's just Europe and the United States of America and Canada. I still think that that, that is a, 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 for 4 million people, like that's an incredibly outsized influence on the rest of the world. That most countries in Europe, there's not, I'm not celebrating many things that happened in, yeah. I don't know, much bigger countries, much bigger populations. All right, but so hold I, on. Not, I'm not trying to like poke holes in this, but yeah. I'm about to. Yeah, go ahead. Name like another thing about Ireland. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. There we go. There's one. Okay. Guinness all over the world. Probably even bigger than. Uh... Guinness is probably bigger than St. Patrick's yeah. Day. I just nailed that. You want to do it again? Ask me again. Name another one. Green. Shamrocks. No, I guess it's St. Patrick's that's Day. All, that's what I'm saying. It's, all, it's, it's, it's big St. Patrick's Day industrial complex. Um, that is. No, I, um, here, I, I think to your point, though, it's like, why is New Orleans, what significance does it have in the world? 
why last week did the king and queen of Spain, which who knew yeah. that they still had monarchs, came to New Orleans yeah. uh, to celebrate the tricentennial, which is just, in my opinion, funny to see. Yeah. Mayor Cantrell <laughs> accepting yeah. the king and queen of Spain <laughs> at and Gallagher like, Hall. Like our cities are flooding and our water doesn't work, but please welcome to our city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, well, um, shit, what was I going to say? I thought I had something really smart, but then I started to drink. What are we drinking right now? Aaron? Uh, this is a blood orange San Pellegrino and tequila. Delicious. Um, I think that... We should have an official drink every week. Every week? That's a good Ooh. idea. So that's, this week is sponsored by that. Um, okay, here's an interesting... Have you, did you guys go at all to Prospect 4? It's like the biannual... The Prospect exhibits or the biannual art exhibits that happen all over the city. They're like spread out everywhere. Some of them are inside, some of them are outside. Right. And this past um, one that just ended maybe three months ago was called The Lotus... The Lotus in Spite of the Swamp. And here's a couple of sentences about what they said about themselves uh, or about the exhibit. It says, um, this aquatic perennial takes root in the fetid but nutrient-rich mud of swamps so that its beautiful flower may rise above the murky water. The flower's grace is inextricably connected to the noisome swamp, just as, as the, oh, I'm sorry, just as redemption exists in ruin and creativity and destruction. Viewed as a symbol of spiritual enlightenment in Buddhism and Hinduism, the lotus suggests the possibility of overcoming arduous challenges. It reminds us of that from the depths of difficulty and desolation, art brings the invisible to light. Okay, I'm not always the biggest fan of your history. Mm. <laughs> well, that's, I, I will, sure. that's a history section, that's a short one. I will applaud that, one, because yeah. of its brevity. Thank you. <laughs> but two, because I mean, it speaks to what everyone says. It's like New Orleans is a success despite itself. Everything yeah. from the location to yes. politics to everything about the city says we should not be here. Right. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further even and say, because I think what you just said is 100% true. And, and man, like compliment me. If you want to get the history section <laughs> brev, uh, more brief, just compliment all If you day. like <laughs> the brevity, just do hashtag brevity. <laughs> hashtag Team Matt. That's all I know. Um, hashtag I think the, Team Brevity. <laughs> team Brevity. Even though uh, you, you, what you're saying is true. But in addition to that, I feel like it's um, the challenges that this city has faced. Yeah. It's not just in spite of, it's because of those things that um, allow us to, a lot of the things we're going to talk about today are a result of, those, we wouldn't, right. these successes wouldn't happen without those it's challenges. It's going to be the debate of the podcast going forward is, is it in spite of or because of yeah. these things? Well, shit. I don't know. If, I don't know if you just said it's true, but that that was such a good statement that I think we should go for it. Um, so, Aaron, our special guest today. Um, special guest times two. Times two. Times two. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing that special defender. Murderitos. Did you hear? Ready? Did you hear what uh, the Evan episode, the ice cream episode, it was horrible? I have not listened to that one yet. <laughs> no, it I was, didn't listen either. <laughs> it was a great episode, <laughs> and Evan Evan truly did an exceptional job. Yeah. Like, he was an he was a great co-host, but his list sucked. But he was oh. a great co-host. Yeah, um, I, I heard Yogurt Land was a big one. <laughs> oh. Yogurt Land was a surprise. I mean, it was in my top five also. So. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> yeah. I, top is, five cheeseburgers in New Orleans, McDonald's. I, well. Yeah, I knew. So I haven't listened to that one yet because I knew I was going to be mad. And I'm I'm now mad. You got to listen. I think and it was the, actually... The, uh, the picture with the fucking cheese balls on the milkshake. Like, you no, know, that was, was disgusting. Get the fuck out of here. Get <laughs> cheese off of my ice cream. Sometimes you need to balance your sweet with your salty. And when you, when you eat... 
eat seven ice creams in two days, you need something that doesn't fucking... quite feel like ice cream, and that's cheese you know, balls. I, I You're also... allowed to eat them separately. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. I had to. Everything I was eating had to be part of the ice cream. It's I not time for cheese balls. I often judge lots of things from Lake Charles. But the fact that there were five people immediately from Lake Charles that posted on Facebook and said, this is disgusting. Whatever. Like, Lake Charles could, is on the map. You know what? Okay, first of all, I'd like to, with one hand, I'd like to say, thank you, Lake Charles. You're one of our, uh, your city, it's like our fifth biggest listening city in the entire Outside world. Sweden. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Fourth is, is Hangerbeck, Sweden or something like that. But fifth, so, oh, Hangerad, Sweden. Um, fifth is Lake Charles. Thank you, Lake Charles, for listening. With my other hand, I'd like to say... <laughs> There's a thousand things in your city that I could say, ooh, that's gross too. So, I mean, that you was. You said that about Daryl's, actually. What's that? Daryl's Po' Boys. Uh, that place you went once and you said not good. I didn't, no. I was Alex Darrell. I like everything. <laughs> <laughs> Except for those couple people and those couple of comments. Aaron, Let's what's go your to the top, top five? five? Ooh, that was nice. That was sweet. Wow. Let's go to the top five. <laughs> they just high fived if you couldn't hear that. Uh, all right, top five. Um, where, what was the last one? Oh, vomiting on your friend. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, um, so, so just a top five contributions, contributions from New Orleans to, to the, the world. world. You're right. Yes. All right. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of do this on the fly. I'm going to go number five, dental floss. Dental floss. We De- did that here. Invented here in 1815 by Levi Spear Parmley. Which is a fantastic name. Um, that like name. That name would be in my top ten. <laughs> you feel like it would be the word floss would be in there someplace, but no. Um, I gotta go Parmley. I'm gonna go to the back of Parmley real quick. Oh boy. <laughs> go. Yeah. Um, this. Uh, so that's obviously a huge contribution to uh, the health of the world. Yeah. Uh, but I also love it because. Uh, I love it as a New Orleans contribution because we all know it's good for us and that nobody does it nobody as does much it. as they yeah, should. Yeah. I, I've never flossed. So when I when I did the hike on the Appalachian Trail, I flossed more there than I've ever flossed <laughs> in my entire life. For some reason, I'm like, oh, now I have to like take care of my teeth. And you I, have, yeah, you had time. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're all I have is time. It's true. <laughs> I mean, the sun's yeah, been down for seven hours. Yeah, yeah, I was well. Let me floss. find some What am I going to do now? Well, I've thrown but this back a few times. Floss. You probably just have the grass. <laughs> yeah. Counts. This counts. Uh, so that's my number five. Um, that's a right. really good one. My number four is going to be uh, the Higgins boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming back up. That's on my list as the well. The LCVP. Um, yeah. I will not say much about that. It should actually probably be higher than number four, but fuck it. It's <laughs> number four. Say it John Hig- or Andrew Higgins. Andrew Higgins. The man Andrew that, Jackson Higgins. Yeah, the man yeah. that won the war. Yeah. Do you know where he was born? I hope New Orleans. Oh, I hope New Orleans. No, he was born in Nebraska, actually. <laughs> oh, fuck. No. Fuck Nebraska. Num- so, but never is, mind. No, I'm but, sorry. I'm replacing it. No, 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 no. But I think this is this gets exactly to the point. Is like, why he didn't come... He was not destined to be some, like, military boat builder. He uh-huh. was not... Uh, he didn't start it. Like, why did he come here and why did that happen? Probably I think for hookers and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess he came here to take advantage yeah. of the uh, the oil industry. Uh-huh. Um, or was that. like a big part okay. of it, and so and so truly, I guess when he was a kid, from what I read, he um, he did design like one ice crushing boat or something. And I, a really funny story is that he um, he built the thing in his basement, but then he couldn't get it out of his house. He didn't like think of that, so they just like like hacksawed like the the door like wider, so that it's like kicked open the the house basically to get the boat out. 
um, and it worked great. So that's then, that's if if that is not a metaphor for American engineering <laughs> in New Orleans, like oh man, this is a great that, boat, but um, no uh, problem. Jesus, it's stuck in here. What could we possibly do? If a what's the quote? Um, if a ship is in harbor, it's safe. But is that what a ship is meant to do? If a ship is sitting at the bottom of your basement. <laughs> Where did you say? Oh, that's like a famous quote that everyone uses. It's, uh, yes. Yeah. Number three. Anyway. No, 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 no. We're not, come on. We're not, no. Andrew Higgins deserves a little bit of time here. Okay, so, so, okay, so he comes to New Orleans, right? Right. Um, he, uh, he immediately gets syphilis. He, no, he, I don't, oh. <laughs> I don't think he, I mean, he may have. It's not in my little bit. It's here, not okay. Sorry. He might have had, may or may not have had syphilis. Spoiler alert. Um, he's trying to, so he's trying to build, um, uh, Boats for the oil industry, okay. um, and so he's trying. He's getting hardwood trees from the swamps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so he's truly it's going into the swamps. Right? Yeah, you're right, right. He's going into the into the swamps. Should I get them? But he's running these problems where like there's all these um, stumps and debris that's getting in the way and destroying the propellers on the boat. So he has to create um, to create small boats that are able to navigate these tight waterways um, without destroying the propellers. And so he finds ways to pr- protect them. Um, and he needs to find boats similarly that don't need these uh, really nice, um, neat harbors to land in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now World War II is breaking out, um, and uh, the Allies are getting pushed farther and further, farther and farther back. Um, and he's trying to convince the Navy, hey, we're going to end up in this war, and we're going to need some small boats that can land men along harborless beaches. Uh, harborless, again, harborless, harborless in the swamps of. of of southern Louisiana, harborless on the beaches of, of Normandy. And so, also, I've already designed these kind of boats. Um, I have experience developing them. Uh, they resisted, but he eventually convinces them. And he was right, because every single major amphibious landing that took place during World War II, that's North Africa, that's Sicily, Italy, Normandy, uh, the islands of the Pacific, including Guadalcanal, Iwo Jima, and Okinawa, have you heard of these places? They're all featured. They all featured these boats that were made down here in New Orleans. Um, the boats that landed in Normandy were the same boats that were tested. All right, imagine this: the boats that landed in Normandy were the same boats that were tested on Bayou Saint John. Is where he tested his, his boats. That's unbelievable. That's where we were just like hanging out for um, what's the festival on uh, Bayou, Bayou Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Bayou Boogaloo. We were just there. That's where yeah. where the the Higgins boats were tested. Well, I, I don't know much, but. So That's for sure. <laughs> I've, I've always wondered about my ancestry. And my brother bought me, God bless you, Alex Kohler, uh, the Ancestry.com kit, which okay. I'm still scared to do because I don't know what it's going to actually tell me. What are you afraid of? It's not like, it's not, it's, you can't it's not like a sexually transmitted disease test. It's well, not. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. They're going to tell me I'm not Choctaw or I'm not <laughs> German. I'm actually, I don't know. Yeah. So Sandies. every lie that I've told my entire life is yeah. just going to come crashing down. Actually, 100% Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> But what? I do think that I may be related to Andrew Higgins uh, based on this Washington Post headline. Yeah. D-Day's hero, Andrew Higgins, loved bourbon, cursed a lot, and built the boats that won World War II. Dude, you do both those things? Well, you do and two I, of those three things. I built a boat once in high school. Did you really? Yeah. How did it... Uh... Out of cardboard. Oh. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm, I don't know much about boats, <laughs> but... We won. You know, is that true? <laughs> we, won the, we won the war. Um can I tell you one more, like very, like one sentence funny story about Andrew Higgins? Sure. Okay, so um, he realized that hey, it's World War II. We're gonna we're gonna be short of steel, and so we're gonna we're gonna build these bo- boats at least partially out of wood. And so he's like, who's got lots of wood? And so he went over to the Philippines, and he was like, hey, how much how much wood do you guys like have in one year? And they're like X amount of wood. And he's like, I want your entire country's amount of wood. And he took that he had an entire country's amount of wood shipped back to New Orleans and stored. 
for, um, uh, for, for, for to build those boats. Yeah, entire... How did you do stuff like that in that era? Mm-hmm. You just go like, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm just here in the Philippines right now. Okay, so what I don't, I don't know like for to, sure I'd like to, I'd like to meet, <laughs> I'd like to meet the man in charge of the wood. <laughs> I'd like all of it. <laughs> yeah. This guy's even better. As I continue reading, yeah, yeah, I want to be this man's best friend, even though he's dead. Hmm. Uh, he was known for his wild and wily genius. Uh, people were trying to steal tools from him, so he hung a sign that said, "Anybody caught stealing tools out of this yard won't get fired. He'll go to the hospital." Uh, then, damn right. When uh, confronted about his profanity in drinking in Life magazine, uh, he, the reporter said his profanity, famous for its opulence and volumes, so was his thirst for old Taylor bourbon, though he curtailed his intake by limiting his sips to a specific location. When they asked where the location was, he said, I only drink while I'm working. <laughs> I work a lot. I, I love this guy. That's great. Uh, Higgins boat. I'm yeah. a work. I'm a workaholic. <laughs> 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 Higgins boat is on all of our top fives, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you know? Um, so everyone knows what what uh, Eisenhower said. Uh, Andrew Higgins is the man who won the war, war for us. Yeah. Uh, do you know that Adolf Hitler also called Andrew Higgins something? It was true story. He called him uh, the new Noah, like Noah's Ark. So Adolf Hitler knew this man from New Orleans or living in New Orleans. Uh, that's an incredible thing. Do you think Hitler read the Bible? Uh, I don't know. I feel like the I feel like Noah had a different uh, job. I guess like than, <laughs> so. What, I get it. They both made boats, but like it's really one preserved life and one. You know, you know I, that, like, I don't know about this Hitler guy. I guess what what like surprise. I I guess I can imagine. I'm more. I can imagine Hitler reading the Bible. I can't imagine Hitler using alliteration, like for some reason. It's like a hard time. Like the new Noah. That's like so like kind of cute and clever. It's hard for me yeah. to reconcile that. Um, all right. Well, we all got. Right. Uh, that's. I mean, I love that fucking guy. I, I feel better about my choice now that I learned he's a drunk, who saved, oh, yeah, saved, yeah. This saved guy, this guy is the best yeah. on all levels. Um, no, my number three. <laughs> movie theaters. Movie theaters were invented here. I love movies. So, um, cinema was invented in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, but movies were typically part of like traveling sideshows. Okay. okay. And they were like in somebody's basement. There wasn't like. A movie theater. So the mo- first movie theater was Vitascope Hall, which was on Canal Street, and opened in 1896. There is a restaurant in the Hyatt called the Vitascope. Ah, it's based ah, off of all this. Ah. Um, so in fact number two. And I, I think I know. God, I think weren't there before movie theaters? I think it was like um, there were places that would like do vaudeville acts, but also show like a short film or something occasionally. Right. Or, or, right. But this was the first place dedicated just to right. movies exclusively. And the movies were just like brought in and you could just go see a movie and it wasn't, yeah, uh, yeah it wasn't a traveling thing or anything like that. And I, like when I was looking up this, it was like uh, they were describing what the early ones looked like and they mentioned like balconies up top. Yep. Um, and it was also said like, so, and, and that just made me think of like uh, the Britannia Theater, which is mm-hmm. still here today. They've got that balcony up top and that's a very old theater. Um, but it also said like, okay, so 10 cents to get into the movie, but then you can also pay 10 cents to like, uh, to, to watch the guy change the film or something like that. I love that stuff like pretty, that. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. I don't know. Would I pay that? I don't know. Maybe one time. Once. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, a good one. So number three, uh, that's number three. Number two, uh, Creole cuisine, uh, which mm. I think we're all familiar with. Turducken. Yeah. Popeyes. <laughs> love them all. Vomiting on your friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, Creole cuisine is a, a blend of French, Spanish, Spanish, 
Go for it again. Let's try it again. Spanish, yeah. West African, uh, American Indian, Haitian, German, Italian, um, as Can well only as just happen here. Yeah, and as well as just sort of general influence from the rest of the southern United States. So, mm-hmm. um, so much of our uh, so much of our city's culture is still based uh, on this food. That yeah, I mean, uh, this food is older than our country, um, and it's I'd say it's probably our most famous export. Um, doesn't mean it's the most important outside of Simmons. Outside of Richard Simmons, outside of that part of Richard Simmons' thigh that like you're not supposed to see on a person you're not sleeping with. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, all see. It. I used to. Um, so me and my sisters, when we were kids, uh, my mom was like trying to lose weight. She was in Weight Watchers and stuff, and uh, so she had sweat to the oldies too with the VHS. Yeah. And we would. I swear to you, every single night. We would, I don't remember exactly what age I just remember I was a fat little kid and like I would also come out in my short shorts and we would dance in the living room just sweating to the walls. And I remember, I can tell you like, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no mountain low enough. That is 100% on the, um, on, on, that's like the last song on it. There's also uh, on Broadway, on, that's another one. I can name, I bet if you gave me enough time right now, I could probably name them all. Um, we don't um, have, we don't have, yeah, we're short on time. Continue on, just know. One of the great figures that I don't know whether he set back gay rights <laughs> Richard Simmons. Thank you, questionably. Richard he, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, we're talking about Creole cuisine. And back uh, to that. What um gumbo is um I feel like that's like the most famous of the I mean, there actually is a connection to Richard Simmons and Creole cuisine. Richard mm-hmm. Simmons being from New Orleans, he grew up being a fat kid yes. based upon the food, and that was <laughs> what propelled him. Yep. To this empire, so, he just wouldn't, so if it wasn't Creole for Creole, Creole cuisine, yeah. we would have no Richard Simmons. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So <laughs> there we go. Yes. Um, I feel like we'll probably talk about food a little bit more. Yeah. So we kind of move on to my number one, mm-hmm. um, which is jazz. Jazz. Shocker. Jazz music. Jazz. Jazz music. Um, tell us about jazz. A lot of interesting stuff about jazz, but basically a thing that could have only happened here, mm-hmm. I would say. Right, similar to the food. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start on jazz, but um, I, I know where to start. Uh, Congo Square, which mm-hmm. is now located inside of Louis Armstrong Park. I feel like we should be like Man. snapping or something while you... Uh, no, please don't. That's 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, um, <laughs> Tell us about jazz, Aaron. Um... <laughs> It's about jazz, Jaren. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, where was it? Oh, we Congo Square. Congo Square. So, Congo Square was a place where slaves were allowed to congregate mm-hmm. on Sundays, which they were given Sundays off. And that's not common to the rest of like slaves in the rest of the South, right? They didn't get correct. That. So, uh, most of the South had a more uh, uh, harsh American-style mm-hmm. slavery system. Here in New Orleans, because we're very genteel, we had like a fun slavery. We had a more French, uh, a little more sophisticated, <laughs> yeah. you know. I heard no. uh, very uh, the, the Spanish also played a big role. Like, yes, here like, yeah, not so cut French dry, right? as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it wasn't as, as it wasn't as brutal. Um, yeah. So uh, they congregated. Um, it, that area was sort of outside of the city at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. It was on the other side of the Rampart, which is now Rampart Street. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they they would meet there and they would sing and dance and there would be you know hundreds of slaves there and it became such a thing that you know uh, white people from around town would go watch the dancing from 
you know, what they deem to be a safe distance. And this is like 1800, basically throughout most of the 1800s, basically like right until the Civil War, right? Yes. Happening. Um, and so there's some other stuff with jazz, like sort of uh, that came out of that. Uh, slaves weren't allowed to own drums for a while, so they used their bodies as drums. Mm-hmm. And so that's... This part's fascinating. Yeah, so it sort of developed a, you know, uh, different rhythms because they didn't have the instruments anymore. They were the instruments. So um, that's kind of where step team come from. What, uh, what's it called? Slam? Slam poetry. No, not slam poetry. Step dance. So, okay, yeah. So that's kind of where that came out of because they still, you know, rhythm was an important part of their music, but they, you know, their instruments were taken away. Do you feel like that's connected to the art that still happened? Like you see like, you know, young, young African-American kids like on Decatur Street, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of this uh, you know, tap dancing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Ago. There's a line from that to this. Yeah. Um, but so that influenced jazz uh, pretty pretty deeply, and then uh, on the percussion piece, I also heard that Cole, what's happening to your computer right now? It's playing jazz. <laughs> playing, it's, it's visually <laughs> it's doing, doing jazz. Um, I heard that. So obviously, there's what you mentioned, like this is the West African um, influence that's mm-hmm. uh, showing up at Congo Square, and there's also I heard like uh, rhythms from like the Caribbean, since we were correct, like more so than anywhere else in America, we're getting a lot of like. Uh, South and uh, Central Americans yep. coming into our ports. So and I, I read like a like ba 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 was like a common like uh, like Caribbean. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a name for that, and I can't remember it. But try something. Is the try? Uh, yeah, Trixie, Trickly, 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 Tripsily. We're so close. It's something like that. Anyway, we'll call it Tripsily right now. Um, and then you have the European side of it as well. The European instruments, um, right. uh, harmonies, all that kind of stuff. So. Like the brass uh, instruments, because that was there was a bunch of uh, like marching bands and stuff like that that were common. Yeah, and so yeah, and so it's also it's really interesting because it's it's kind of a story of New Orleans as the story of the U.S. as being sort of a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even like a lot of the second line music really influenced jazz um, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, people listen to play jazz all over the world. Yeah, um, and it all started here. Yeah, so. and also here, and it changed so much over uh, over time. I think. Uh, by the yeah. way, it's called Tracia is the ba ba ah, ba yes. ba. Um, yeah, but I feel like like blues, bl- what blues were like uh, that came from like the spirituals and the uh, yeah uh, like that the end uh, yeah the hymnals the, yeah yeah right that the um, guys in Congo Square were singing. Then like they're just adding it to the instruments that the Europeans are playing. Like by the time right. like, Louis Armstrong was probably like, a pretty early trumpet adapter like yeah. the first or second generation like of that because he was starting in the early 20th century yeah um, oh and that reminds uh, uh, the the big sort of uh, force multiplier for jazz was actually Storyville oh right that's a huge of course so all the all the jazz music all the live jazz mu- music was happening at Storyville which is the famous red light district from the turn of the 19th century right right, right. and uh so it was a big tourist draw. So people would come here and you know have sex and drink yeah. and listen to jazz, and oh, that's brothels. that's what spread. People like Andrew Jackson Higgins. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that what uh, that's <laughs> what ended up doing a lot to spread jazz around the country mm-hmm. is sort of the tourists taking it back. Right. No, that's um, a that's a that's a really good point. And which that, is also a very New Orleans thing. Like, oh man, I went to uh, <laughs> I went to see this uh, prostitute. Right. Uh, but I heard this great song. This great band, <laughs> and I, we should totally. I bought I bought the sheet music, so uh, we're gonna Check play it at out. church today. That, and then I heard that also um, when uh, like so obviously it spread, <laughs> it spread that way. something like that way. You just things spread from the red light district, jazz yeah. and syphilis, yeah. Yeah. All, all spreading out. 
Um, but then also when uh, Jim Crow era happened, then like jazz, that, that a lot of African Americans were leaving Southern places and going up North. Yeah. Um, is how jazz kind of ended up in Chicago yeah, as Baltimore. well as Baltimore and New York. Yeah. Um, and, and, and certainly changed, but, but all those changes, it's, it's different in a lot of different places now. Um, people will say, oh, it's more sophisticated in New York, but it all originated here. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a very, uh, yeah. Also, uh, one last thing, uh, jazz musicians I have trouble saying that phrase for some reason <laughs> you, just, you nailed it I think I professional so jazz musician If I have to like close my eyes and really concentrate just say, say if yeah, I was yeah. driving I would have wrecked my car just saying <laughs> those three words out anyway uh, they were sort of like some of the first like rock star like uh, not rock stars in fame but rock stars in like they were like using marijuana and like were just like the bad boys uh, so there's a lot of um Oh gosh, uh, a lot of books from that era, and I can't think of any at the time. But it's like, oh yeah, I learned about marijuana from from the jazz guitarist, or you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, they also said like jazz was uh, just what you just said reminded me that uh, it's like the uh, the the first it's it's uh, it's the Western Hemisphere's first like um, oh yes. art form first art form yeah like, right that yeah. a lot of people say that too, um, and so it makes sense that they were the first rock stars and like yeah. jazz converted basically like Louis Armstrong he converted it to from like that early jazz to swing, like yeah. swing became a style. And yeah, which seems a little offensive. Well, that's what I was thinking too. I tried to figure out a way to say it because they're obviously. I was literally reading an article today about they found this statue of skulls in Mexico City. Sure. That's no, been around, I, I was and that, that is an art form. Oh. That definitely is before Louis Armstrong. A little bit, uh, I don't want to say Eurocentric, I'm even America centric. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, yeah. Art was around way before jazz. No. Oh no! So it's saying the first type of art that was purely American and that, purely yeah, in the Western is. Hemisphere, though. Yeah, so yeah. you gotta say American art form, not Western Hemisphere, because that just completely wipes out. I got you. I didn't. I did country, not wipe them the out. I did not wipe them out. Did Whatever <laughs> article you read, did. Matt Haynes <laughs> wipes out half the world. Matt Haynes wiped out the indigenous populations of... No, he did not. Francisco Pizarro so, Haynes. Let's go. No, that's a great point. We should do an episode. We should truly do an episode on um, like the indigenous populations that lived in the 504. I mean, obviously, it wasn't an area code at the time, but the area that is now the 504. That's like, that was my apology, basically, just now. Great work. Like, we're going to do a future episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to give them lucky episode 13. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to fill that pothole. That was a very New Orleans... Uh, yeah, dodge there. My so bad, that's my top five. Um, all right. Well, that was a good. That was a really good top five. Thank you. A great top five, and I, I shared a, a couple of them on there also. So that'll make my top five a little shorter. Um, I think next up we have our overrateds. Um, oh. Anybody want to jump in with an overrated? I've got a repeat from last week. Uh, go ahead. Oh. Uh, okay. I so last week I said my overrated for what was the episode? It was. Um, Top five tourist destinations for Alex Trail's wedding. Yeah. And so I said, uh, I think we all agreed on uh, beignets at, um, what the hell is the place called? Cafe du Monde, mm-hmm. which in the mm-hmm. last week now has taken over the, uh, the beignets. It's actually a big week I'm for really beignets. Excited for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked having the two different beignets options. So, so if you have not been paying attention to the news, if you're under a rock, then Cafe Beignet has taken over Morning Call, Morning Call in City Park. Cafe du Monde. Cafe du Monde. Monde. It's taking over Morning Call. Uh, over a stupid legal technicality. Well, it's happened, and morning call, I hope you find a spot because your beignets were delicious also. I think that beignets in general are my overrated 
for our, um, our contribution to the world. And it's not because they're not delicious. I just want to be really clear. They are super delicious. I love taking my beignet and dipping in that hot chocolate because I don't really like coffee. I dip it in the hot chocolate and I eat that thing and it's great. And I especially love stuffed beignets. But I just feel like there's no, you don't see lines like that anywhere else in New Orleans. Like why is that the spot that people will wait for hours to get those things? Is that, is that our great contribution to the world? I think it's great. I think it's a little overrated. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with food, which makes sense with New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Any place in New Orleans that advertises Cajun food is completely overrated because mm -hmm. Cajun, New Orleans is not Cajun. Right. By definition, New Orleans is Creole. There's a difference between, as we'll talk when we get more into cuisine, Creole versus Cajun are two separate groups of people. Cajun food is actually based out of Southwest Louisiana, uh, Lake Charles Lafayette, Lake Arthur. Uh, and the food is very different out there. So when you are walking, you'll only find them on Bourbon Street or in those like terrible touristy areas. Come to Mule Lots. Great <laughs> Cajun food. No, don't go. It's overrated. If you actually want Cajun food, drive two and a half, three hours west uh, to Southwest Louisiana, uh, Houston's newest suburb, uh, and try Cajun food there. Do not eat it here. Yeah. What about... What about like, um, are frog legs, is that Cajun or is that? That's Cajun. Cajun. So, but yeah. like, don't you sometimes see like, uh, what's the spot? I that guess has... it's also probably a little bit Creole. Ca so it's like, like, say, like, like is it... turtle soup yeah. is very, I take that as same. So there is a little overlap there. The visit place is strictly saying Cajun food. Come listen to our Zydeco music and eat boudin. Right. Don't. But what if we, um... unless it's Cochon. So is that is that not that's Cajun specifically, Koshan? Koshan, the guy is from Lake Charles. Okay, so so maybe this is there's a, a little bit of overlap. The difference is that everyone blends Creole and Cajun food together, right? And they're okay. separate, right? Because I think like okay, there's a great Indian restaurant in New Orleans. We're not like Indian restaurant didn't originate or Indian food didn't originate here, but we should still eat it when we're craving it. Um, I feel like there are like to your point, Koshan is a great uh, culinary destination in the city. Even though it's that not, maybe it's not, few. right. So maybe it's not uh, New Orleans indigenous, but it is Louisiana indigenous. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, maybe I see what you're saying, but yeah. Um, Aaron, I wasn't super prepared for uh, overrated for some reason, so I'm kind of struggling. Yeah, but maybe if you listen to any of our episodes, then you well, would know he's probably we always has do. Because uh, Jarrell's never prepared either. Oh, so he's he's just prepared. Yeah. Just yeah. fill in the role. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say Benny's as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Benny, that sounded good. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> I am gonna say beignets though. <laughs> and here's why: they are they aren't that good. It, like every major food culture has their fried dough thing. Um, I love it in all of them. I do too. Um, I, I think ours is probably not one of the best rated against the other ones. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. I don't even know. I thought we agreed. Right. What's going on? Uh, but the but they. Uh, I think part of the reason is uh, Cafe Du Monde in particular has done a really good job. Uh, well, they've been there for a long time, but they've also uh, created this unique thing that sort of has become a thing you have to do because right. of the way they've marketed and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But also, I find that I seek out fried things when I'm traveling. Like, I'm like, oh, we got to go to this donut place right. in well, Chicago. Sure. Why? Why, like, why do I have to? I can eat donuts or... anywhere. But no, I have to go. I have to, so... Uh, I think it's part of it, but I just beignets are they're fine, but at a hundred degrees, 
in the sun I was that with hot like, coffee. It's not like the best experience. While I was biking up here, I was like, why are there people standing like to get coffee right now? It's so fucking hot. Yeah. Cause, but it's true. It's something you got to do. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got a, I got a top five list, huh? That I yeah. should do. All right. Let's see here. Should we go to my list? Sure. All right. Um, so my number, my fifth one, we got a lot of overlap. Yep. Not so much, not total overlap. My number five is cocktails. And I know that we have not, uh, we didn't create every cocktail. Right. But we created at least a bunch of them. Yep. All right, so there's a debate whether they were invented in New Orleans or not. Who knows? I'm not here to settle that right now. But there is no debate that cocktail giants like the Sazerac, mm-hmm. uh, the Grasshopper, which I love, the Brandy Milk Punch, which I really love, the Vucare, the Brandy Crusta, um, they were all from here. Uh, they're all invented here, not to mention uh, the hurricane, shark attack, the hand grenade, the monsoon. Uh, the shark and, uh, attack? Yeah, I don't know. I saw that on the list. I don't actually know where that's from either. That's Wait, from you... Lucy's Retired Surfer Bar where you get the fake <laughs> shark and a... That, uh, the they have it. That should not be on this list. <laughs> no, they have them. It's my favorite drink at Tropical Isle. Also, not on this list. The hand yeah. grenade. Yeah, the hand grenade place. But because it's, it's funny because they, at Tropical Isle, they hit a, they say, they do the shark thing with the <laughs> grenadine in it so it looks like blood. But then they hit a thing that says, shark attack! And like the music stops and like lights go off. So if you order it for a friend, they're like, what the fuck did you just do? Mark Matt, with? like if you're listening, yeah, that yeah, was sorry, for you. We should start every episode off with shark attack! <laughs> um, okay, so obviously the second half of them were kind of a joke, but we have all those good friends at the front of the list too yeah. that were ours. Um, people apparently call New Orleans the, uh, quote, cradle of civilized drinking. Um, and I mean, obviously, anyone who's walked down Bourbon Street, street will know that um, to be the truth. Um, but I don't know, like, Aaron, I feel like you're a co- you're serving us cocktails right now. Yeah. What do, what do you think? I feel like your appreciation for cocktails is better like than shark myself. Attacks. I like, <laughs> no, yeah, I like it all, man. Uh, How does it compare to other places you've been? Uh, do you sense a love for cocktails here that's different from elsewhere? Oh, it's, it's definitely different here. I mean, uh, the Andrew Higgins stuff sort of, like, speaks to it. Where it's like, uh, he's... He's like a functional alcoholic, <laughs> and he loves bourbon. He doesn't drink moonshine or maybe the number one most functional alcoholic in history. Yeah, yeah. Mo- <laughs> most most important alcoholic. Um, <laughs> no, it's like if I it would be if I did not drink. Yeah, and then I didn't invent the boat that like saved the war. Yeah, I'd be really like, what the fuck did I just do all my life? Yeah, I, just, I think you gotta hedge your bets. You know, we might we might be able to like rephrase this to where like the the cocktail culture actually created the space for him to be who he was like without so. alcohol he's just like a frustrated boat builder so we should we should eliminate andrew higgins and just yeah. pop Sazerac. up the Sazerac. Sazerac is the option uh yeah it's it's definitely part of the culture here i mean every you know cocktail culture is definitely in general having sort of a moment and so it's kind of hard like more more places around the world and around the country in particular are looking to new orleans to be inspired by drinks and you can see you know I was in Chicago and I had, it was a, it was a uh, Ramos Gin Fizz, but it was carrot cake flavored and it had carrot juice in it. And oh. it was like, clear, it was the drink we all love, but it was orange. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was just a, a complete riff on what we do here. We so do here. Right. Uh, it, it's sort of, I think it just goes back to us sort of being the, grot, the godfather of this stuff. And, um, and that's exciting. That's, I mean, that got yeah. back to early, like, why is this the place? Why is this little tiny town, the 49th biggest city in America? Yeah. Uh, the place that other spots are looking to for a disproportionate amount of their cocktails. Oh, it's for a different podcast, but why also was New Orleans also one of the largest 
cities of the country. <laughs> Why are you so negative today? You're so fucking negative today, Adam. Just um, spouting facts. No, it's fair. I hate those things. Keep those out of here. Um, real, so the official cocktail of New Orleans, I mentioned it a few times, is the Sazerac, uh, which boasts two locally created ingredients in its recipe. The uh, Help me, Adam. Uh, the Pichu bitters? The I think pichu, it's Pichu bitters. Pichu bitters um, and herb. Herb Saint. Um, and so yep. pastry bitters were invented by a Creole pharmacist around 1830. And that's another thing. We, uh, New Orleans, is the first uh, like uh, uh, creator of prescription uh, drugs in, in the world. New Orleans was is also, I believe, the first city to have an official cocktail. And Louisiana was almost the first state until those goddamn teetotalers from North Louisiana <laughs> refused to pass the Sazerac as the official state cocktail. Fuck those guys. Yeah, thanks, well, North Louisiana. All right. There's a lot of exciting stuff about New Orleans and our love for cocktails. Come on. Um, <laughs> moving on to number four. Um, I bet you didn't know this. So I think cocktails, that's an obvious one. How about binocular microscopes, everyone? <laughs> this is about to get dark for a second. Is it binocular or binocular? Oh, I, uh, I binoc- don't know. <laughs> binocular. What did I say? You said binocular, but I don't actually that's know. That's what it is. Binocular microscopes. Sounds more medical. Guys. In the 80s years between 1817 and the end of the 19th century, mm-hmm. 41,000 New Orleanians died of yellow fever. Wow. Tens of thousands were affected by it. Tens of thousands more were affected by it. Thousands of orphans were a result of the disease. As if that wasn't bad enough, thousands more died from cholera, smallpox, and malaria. In 1853, for example, one in 15 New Orleanians died from one of those diseases. How many 15s of people do you know, Aaron? How many 15s, Adam? One. You just know 15 two. people? Okay. Yeah. No, I've I, lost a lot of friends. I know like so many 15s. One of each of those 15s are dead. Fucking dead. It could be one of you bozos. It's probably me. It's probably you. I definitely... It's <laughs> unanimous. We all... Everyone, all the motorists... All, all the students... All the marinos are like... When all my students are <laughs> marinos. likely to all shoot the yourself if they gave you a gun. It's like, wait, you all agreed on this? That was already? a thing. It's in the, yes. the yearbook? They voted. <laughs> all right. So these diseases... <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> These diseases are claiming uh, millions and millions of people's lives around the world. Not just a New Orleans problem, but nobody had any idea where these epidemics were coming from. And how terrifying is that? People are dying and no one can tell us why. And I bet a lot of people today don't know what causes cholera and yellow fever either. And you know why? Because thanks to John L. Riddell. Isn't it poop in unsanitary conditions? Uh, kind of, sort of. <laughs> but it would be better to... Let's assume that some of our murderistos don't know. Murderitos. Murderito. Murder, murderinos. Murderinos. Uh, thanks to John L. Riddell, who's a native of Massachusetts, yes, but who became the chair of chemistry of the chemistry department for the University of Louisiana, which is now Tulane University. Thanks to that guy, you don't even have to know where they come from because they're not a problem here anymore. Okay, so in 18... What? That was great. I thought that was a good... In 1850, Riddell carried out the earliest known study of cholera using a microscope, but does not find enough evidence to draw definitive conclusions. And he can't draw conclusions in part because he can't get enough look at the blood cells he's looking at because that microscope, he's only using one, one eye because he's got like, you know, you're using one eye to look at it and you have to squint through the other eye because you don't have, it's not binocular, it's just monocular. Mm-hmm. Um, so he invents the binocular microscope, which lets the scientist look through both eyes and lets him see the image in 3D. And then his reinvestigation of cholera leads to the first publication claiming a direct relationship between the disease and a microorganism. And that was an integral step in identifying that cholera was spreading through microorganisms in unclean water sources. You're welcome, world. Wow. 
done. That was because of us. Um, I'm not going to go into it right now, but also he used that same invention to uh, show that yellow fever was being transmitted via bloodborne pathogen. Yeah, that was mosquitoes. Thanks again, world. We helped us solve that also. And then that's his invention is basically what we're still using to this day with some minor adjustments. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Love that guy. Um, he also got so many fucking other, amazing other things. This guy, all right, I'll, I'll move on, but he's the postmaster. Minute 56, <laughs> and we still got a long way to go. He was the postmaster of New Orleans. He was a, a governor for a quick second here. Wow. Yeah, the hero. Um, all right, here's the last one that I have, number three, that's not the same as two that Aaron's, Aaron has done. All right, so here in New Orleans, we introduced Abraham Lincoln to the horrors of slavery. And that is a big, it's a little bit weird. But it's Matthew a, Haynes himself <laughs> introduced yeah. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. <laughs> it was the three of us together, guys. I was not there. To the horrors of slavery. And I think this, this has a lasting effect on the world. Let me, let me work to that for a second. So Abraham Lincoln is born in Indiana, has no contact with slavery. In 1828 and 1831, as a young man, um, he's hired to captain longboats full of cargo down the Mississippi River all the way to New Orleans. And it's here, right at the corner of Exchange Passage and St. Louis Street in the French Quarter. I'm in a place that's now called the Omni Royal Hotel, um, but then used to be called the um, uh, something Exchange. Uh, that, that he, he, saw the, uh, he saw like a slave auction for the first time. Um, it's his first encounter with slavery. He saw men being sold like animals to the highest bidder. He saw children being ripped away from their parents, which is something, you know, current times we're seeing that now we should, we should never tolerate. And historians seem to agree it was this time that would shape his future views on the issue that, on, on this issue um, that he'd show it, uh, um, as a lawyer, as a congressman, and then as, as a president. Um, it shaped his views on, on slavery. So much so that when he was elected, the South seceded from the Union Sure, his election would lead to a further threat to the institution that they were depending on. Uh, but the Civil War wasn't only just important in, uh, in, in uh, keeping the United States together. Um, and, and sure, by freeing four million enslaved black people, it also set the nation on a road to fulfilling the ideals enshrined in the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal. These things are all important, uh, but it also had an influence on the world. And so this is one of my favorite sentences that I read. Uh, quote, uh, but also it meant something important for the world at large. In the mid 19th century, in a world of monarchies and dictatorships, because I think you kind of forget that that's the world they were living in back then. Yeah. Democracies and republics were pretty rare. Um, it was widely believed that republics were fated to die either from external attack or internal collapse. And the Northern victory proved the fallacy of such assumptions and established a model for democratic government around the world. And so when Abraham Lincoln spoke, um, a, at Gettysburg in 1863, um, I think we can see a direct line from his time in New Orleans to that slave auction. And he said, speaking of those who died at that famous battle, he said, the world will little note, nor long remember what we say here. I guess he's kind of wrong because we're quoting it now, but anyway. But it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. So I think that 
I don't know. Maybe if Abraham Lincoln doesn't come to uh, New Orleans and witness slavery, maybe uh, all this happens. Maybe maybe the South still secedes from the Union. Maybe it happens a few decades later. Um, maybe maybe uh, they secede from the Union, but they don't. Uh, but it doesn't become an issue of slavery. He doesn't decide to uh, uh, what's the, the Emancipation Proclamation, yep. and so we win the war, but we don't free the slaves. Who knows what happens? Um, but we know what happened because he did that. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my number three. I think it's a, a pretty big deal. My number two was the Higgins boat. We talked about it. Yeah. My number one was, uh, was Yaz. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a, a quick po' boy here. Um, anybody? Po' boys? I think I got a... You got one, Aaron? Uh, yes, but you go ahead. I think we got the same one. Poker? Yeah. You want to do it? Yeah, Poker. Uh, invented poker uh, face at the port of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. In the eighteen something, eighteen twenty nine. The eighteen twenty nine. As I was saying, <laughs> so uh, the good years. <laughs> yeah, they just invented it. Uh, played with twenty cards. They had a lot of time between boats, mm -hmm. and they want to make some extra money, so they invented poker. Yeah, so. poker, and also as Adam said earlier, craps. Uh, both invented here, and I think it wasn't like the same poker game that we play now, but yep. it was the early ancestor to yep. that. Um, I had no idea that was the case. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. And Craps, and did you know that Burgundy Street um, was actually used to be called Crap Street, um, named <laughs> after, but they changed it because there were a bunch of churches on the street, and they were like, we don't want to be the church on Crap Street. So they changed it to Burgundy. Huh? Yeah. Anyway. Excellent. What you got uh, for your list? Uh, well, I know that we there's a running joke that I don't speak much, uh, <laughs> but we're at minute or hour one <laughs> Hour and three. One minute. Well, we've been here since six. It's now nine twelve. My computer started with four hours of battery. It's down to six percent. Uh, so I think there is a plot against me <laughs> to put me at the end now for another episode where I've got to finish. Where else? Why did you just take a minute of your time talking about? Well, I have to me. prove my point. Uh, God, you never talk. Top five oh four. God bless us. Uh, <laughs> number five. And I, I keep bringing this up, and no one wants to validate me here. Plessy versus Ferguson, uh, these landmark Supreme Court case here in New Orleans that brought about a race where a white man and a black man from New Orleans actually partnered and was orchestrated in New Orleans. I've said it on the podcast. I'm not going to go into it, but to ride a train to Covington, Louisiana, from New Orleans, uh, and for Homer Plessy to sit in right. the white seats. And it was completely orchestrated. He had a legal team ready to uh, battle it out through the courts. That's my favorite part is how carefully planned yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. And they were actually incredibly close friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, number five, Homer versus Plessy, or Plessy versus Ferguson. Sorry. I think that the biggest part of, of that, um, to me, because like, that, separate but equal, came as a result of, of that. Like, that basically yeah. codified That separate. was, no, no, it actually, they lost. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Supreme so they, Court they thinking... still says, you know what, you didn't win, yeah. but it did set precedent, uh, and it was actually never officially overturned. Right. It was okay. kind of de facto overturned by uh, further court cases. Right. Uh, but yeah, without that, that has huge implications. So I think the, on... the civil rights movement came yeah. out of all that. Like without, if there, if that hadn't, then then yeah, like if if that if separate but equal hadn't been the law of the land, and the civil rights movement doesn't come after that. Martin Luther King and the SCLC, they don't come after that. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a really big deal. I mean, yeah, that huge implications in America, which then spiraled because we're pompous and we believe that we're greater than everyone. Uh, we 
improves equality for everyone across the world. For a larger account on the uh, Plessy vs. Ferguson case, go to www.madhangerights.com and check out uh, my essay on the subject. There we go. <laughs> now back to Adam. Number four, Higgins Boat. Mm, yeah. We've talked about it for 45 minutes over the last two weeks. Uh, I think so this is good. a massive part of... I'm sorry, I have a project real quick. I'm yeah. sorry. I want, we should team up and make a Higgins cocktail in his honor. Yeah. And we should drink it all the time. So, yeah. I was okay. throwing it out there. As soon as the episode is done, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> we create the Higgins cocktail. It's got to have bourbon, right? Perfect, yeah. No. Uh, specifically that type of bourbon. And we'll put we'll a little boat in it. Yeah, a little cardboard boat. So drink it out of a boat. <laughs> Boats aren't made of cardboard, you idiot. No, it's the best thing ever. You've never done a cardboard boat race? No. Come on. Uh, number three. Uh, maybe this is a typical Kohler hack, but jazz technically wasn't actually invented oh, in New Orleans. Jesus, what do you mean? It has so many different influences, and people from all over the world claim to be the birthplace of jazz. Right. Uh, so I wish I could credit this person as just doing my research. They say that actually New Orleans uh, influence on the world is a musical gumbo, which I hate, but I understand what they mean. And they talk about how, okay, maybe we did formalize jazz based upon all these other different influences from other countries. But in addition to that, New Orleans had a massive place, uh, some shithole in Ohio is known as the birthplace of rock and roll. I think it's called Cleveland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they claim it. Memphis right. has a hand in it. New Orleans had a massive hand in rock and roll as well, especially yep. with rhythm and blues yep. uh, here in New Orleans. Zydeco, Louisiana music as well. Primarily out of Southwest Louisiana once again, but you see it all over the place with the washboards, heavy influence here. Uh, and then the brass band. What is more iconic in New Orleans than a brass band, uh, which is actually a separate genre from jazz. You can say that it's right. a sub-genre of jazz, but when you're thinking typical jazz and you go to see Pete Fountain, you're going to hear something very different right. from where if you go see Rebirth, once again, Tuesday nights, not Monday nights, Tuesday nights Alex at Stop the, the Maple the Leaf Bar on Oak. <laughs> uh, a completely different genre. So music in general is one of our gifts to the world, but something that we stole and pilfered from other countries. I think that just a... Uh, we should do a jazz episode, I think, at some point, and we can get into the jazz debate a little bit more. But I do think, um, I think that like a lot of the thi- the the genres you just listed are like um, wings of jazz, sort of. They come from that like main moment, and I think also like to what Aaron was saying earlier. I think like there's a lot of different influences that go t- into like like the moment that was jazz's heyday. But I feel like I feel like it's hard to argue that the moment of Louis Armstrong, like that was when all those influences came together and out of that like came different uh, things that were influenced by him. But I think that moment when he turned all that stuff was before him into like swing jazz, I think that was a really big moment. I think that's New Orleanian. I think it's, I'll go back to my class where we start every class like this picture of a domino effect. Like there's one event that starts everything Mm -hmm. and you can't actually just say, oh, this is our gift to the world. It's a domino effect, and when you see our brass bands or trombone shorty play, I saw him playing in Berlin, didn't actually see him, I saw a picture of him playing in Berlin, it's like, this wouldn't have happened without these things, but also wouldn't have happened without the Haitian, the West African, the other influences, Mm -hmm. so to take jazz and say it's New Orleans, I'm not, I'm not... Fourth. Well, you can't give it to Haiti. They only created one little spot. I know. You can't a, give it to the French. They only created one little spot. I said it's a musical gumbo. I hate that reference. 
Number two. Stop saying it. Creole <laughs> cuisine. Uh, and we've talked mm. a lot about it, but I, I've grown up with a lot of it. And when I think about it, I think of bisque, gumbo, turtle soup, uh, which we just had this weekend at Commander's Palace, which is mm-hmm. famous for it. Uh, jambalaya, etouffee, uh, sauce piquant. Uh, famous chefs, Paul Prudhomme. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if there's a city in the world that has so many global brands that are associated with its type of cooking from Tabasco, uh, which is actually Avery Island, which is a little further away, but it's still associated with New Orleans, Crystal's Hot Sauce, uh, Tony Sachery, Slap Your Mama. Uh, when I was recently traveling abroad, I found Louisiana Hot Sauce in a corner store in Haiti that was spelled L-O-O-O-O-Z-I-A-A-A-A-N-N-N-A. Hot, hot sauce. But it was the same spelled. logo. So we're making a global imported prints, guys. Wow. Uh, right. So Creole cuisine number two. Mm-hmm. And number one, and I think this is the most important one, I've hinted towards this. I don't know if there's a place in the South or the Southern United States uh, that has been more of a historic hub of liberalism huh. in a like bastion of conservatism in the South that has allowed all of these things to happen. And without the liberal views of this city, these things may not have happened. From, if we go all the way back to jazz, people, slaves were not allowed in other cities to perform music. The fact that there was a Congo Square came from a certain uh, viewpoint of the European people that were here at the time. New Orleans was isolated from the puritanical movement in the Northeast for a very, very long time being from the Spanish and the French. Sure. So we didn't have the Massachusetts puritanical views at the time. So it was a much more uh, liberal city all that right. developed that allowed for all these things to happen. I mean, and I, I think it spirals perfectly into today. Our friends at the Lens, uh, when researching, have a great article called New Orleans hasn't just joined the movement against white supremacy. Like, this. This has happened over time, and it's been from the city's founding that it has been on the forefront of a lot of these liberal ideas. All of them, no, right. but a lot of them. Uh, and to be a pocket of liberalism in a deeply conservative South, right? which for a long time, even before Atlanta, Houston, all these other cities became more progressive, yeah. it was just New Orleans. Right, hold and on. you go 35 miles south to Homa, and good luck to me. Hold yeah. on a second. Okay, so I, I, Adam, that was... That was one of your finest monologues I think that you've ever had on the show. Good, because uh, my computer's at 1%. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, like, I'm sold on what you're saying, but I'm not sure. I guess what I'm confused about is, um, so yeah, so, so New Orleans hub as a liberal place in the world um, made it, like, allowed for a lot of these things to happen. But, gonna, but, so- but, the, but hold on, but the, like, what, they, what New Orleans exported still to the world is the music is the food is the art it's not the liberalism right because didn't those places exist what do you think they did but i think now the big one of those buzzwords that i hate uh incubators Mm -hmm. oh you have an idea go pitch it to these people that'll throw you money and you can incubate which means you sit around in an open office space (laughs) and don't really do anything and you make some (laughs) t-shirts yeah i've been there i've been there college writing buddies i want to incubate but New Orleans was like one of the first incubators that allowed for, not one of the first, but it, you right. could debate that it was an incubator that because of the climate socially, politically, ideologically at the time allowed for 
these things that we're exporting to develop. We talked about it last week, like writers were coming into New Orleans, like yes. the homosexuals from across the South. It was like a safe haven kind of, yes. and they were the writers and the the. the you think about Tennessee Williams, all right. these people that came here yeah. Yeah. because they felt it was a safe space that allowed them to create these things. Right. And without that safe space and that culture that was created by the hodgepodge of people that moved here, uh, I'm sorry, I trump you all. None of this would have happened. I think you're saying a very profound thing about New Orleans, but I don't think, like, I think being a bastion of liberalism is not. Um, we're not the first like Venice did it. Uh, they, they like started did Venice the, uh, produce jazz. Well, no, but they they produced no good point, Adam. Uh, but they produced like Baroque music. I don't know. They produced uh, the music of the Renaissance. They, they did, and you can argue that. But this is a, we're talking about New Orleans gifts to the world. Yeah. And so 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 the is, climate that was created in New Orleans allowed for these things to happen. Without that first initial domino. Right. But we owe it to Venice. We received it from. Uh, Fuck you, Adam. No, just kidding. Uh, well, how about this? We have to come up with an aggregate top five, and we've got a major thing to debate. If you fast so forward to hour and forty-eight. <laughs> you can get to that. Why don't we pause? We have the capability right now. Actually, outside right now. <laughs> Let's pause it for for a quick second. Let's come up with a list. We'll come right back. And we we just had our, our biggest on uh, in the middle argument because that's how passionate we are about yes. coming up. The New Orleans has had so many incredible um, contributions to the world. It's hard to figure out what the top five are. Yeah. Am I allowed to dissent still? Of course you can. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course you can dissent. Um, so we got number five. We've got uh, movie theaters. And um, movie theaters because we, there, were, there were things that were moving in the direction of movie theaters, but then we were the first ones to create them here. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans in its in the early 20th century had a big movie theater culture um, and now they are you cannot it's hard to go to a town and not find one there yeah that's a uh, an outsized influence on the world yeah uh, number four notice my silent descent <laughs> you can say what you you can say what I you want on that descent soon <laughs> okay, excellent <laughs> we will wait for that uh, number four we've got the uh, binocular or binocular microscope um, which saved uh, so one argument that we heard um, was that it did not cure a disease. Um, but the argument that, and I was the presenter of this one that I gave back is that sure, it, the battle is still being fought, but, but the, the rates of disease are so far down now and so far uh, limited geographically um, that the move to eradication is well on its way. And that's a result of um, that this guy, Riddell, um, who created that here in New Orleans. And so, one day soon, hopefully, when the disease is completely eradicated, because already he saved millions and millions of lives. When the disease is completely eradicated, um, then that will still, this point will still be a big moment for that. Sure. And, and yeah. Aaron, I think you, you yeah, and you can. Because... We all know that sperm look like tadpoles. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we um, wouldn't know that otherwise. Right. So that's cool. That whole opening scene in uh, "Look Who's Talking," <laughs> that was a result. Impossible, of if not for New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, thank God. That's big. Are you ready, Adam? <laughs> Or do you want to wait till the next one? Notice my descent <laughs> again. <laughs> the third one, um, and I didn't have this on my list, so maybe I'll let you guys go. Uh, Creole food. Um, just, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, this one makes sense. <laughs> Notice my quiet descent. Uh, yeah, it's it has an outsized influence. It uh, people love it everywhere. People come here to experience it. When I went to Norway on vacation, Creole restaurants there. Yeah, in Oslo. 
so crazy. How are the crawfish there? Uh, I didn't have the crawfish there. Um, number two, we got Higgins boat. Higgins uh, boat. This one also makes sense. Yeah, I came I came fully around on Higgins boat mainly for the man. Like, he was a degenerate. Yeah, yeah, love this guy. Um, and then I think we're gonna have a cocktail dedicated to him. We're gonna we're gonna figure something out. Yeah. Um, and I think before okay, well I mean color we could we could talk about I think the the interesting conversation that we had offline was trying to decide um, with like the Lincoln one. And the uh, Plessy versus Ferguson one is um, how it's a, it's a little bit of like we don't know how these things affected the future. We we can like we can see a line, but it's not quite as clear as like there was dental floss and now dental floss is everywhere, mm-hmm. which is like obviously not the same gigantic impact. But also, if Abraham Lincoln didn't see slaves here, maybe it would still have all happened the same way. If Plessy didn't get arrested on that um, on that train here, um, then it's possible that we wouldn't have even needed separate but equal. We would have actually maybe uh, maybe like the civil rights movement may not even had to exist in the same way that it did. Um, maybe I'm oversimplifying this argument, and maybe it's just the history teacher in me. I you can make the same exact argument. Oh, if Plessy didn't happen, it would have happened eventually somewhere else. It's almost offensive to say movie theaters happening in New Orleans were more important than Homer versus Plessy. Not saying it's more important. Movie theaters may have happened in Tampa, Florida eventually at some point also. And the impact of movie theaters is nowhere near the level of the impact. Sure, great point. Great point. Plus first. So the, the, the debate was never about what was more important. Obviously, Plessy versus Ferguson is more important, especially to New Orleans and especially to the United States of America. But if we're talking about what has the most in, the biggest importance on the world, then I think movie theaters are going I, I think movie theaters affect somebody in Paris or somebody in uh, Reykjavik. Or uh, <laughs> or someplace else more than Plessy and Ferguson. Plessy versus Ferguson, and we should. I would love to keep having this conversation, but we you can't. You guys want right to hear the offline uh, conversation <laughs> again? Meet us at minute hour two and forty three minutes. Look, I think I think we'll we both on. just represented our cases the best we can. And I think I want hashtag team. Actually, yeah, I I think uh, this is not my podcast, but I'm. It is right now. Yeah, I know you're. Uh, there's no team Aaron. It's it's. It's Team Plessy, Team Lincoln this week. <laughs> no, it's not even Lincoln. It's, right, it's no, Team Movie actually... Theater versus Team Plessy, <laughs> yeah. which is so offensive. It's not, again, it's not a matter, matter of importance. And so anybody with a little bit of nuance will know it's not a matter of importance. It's a matter of... I cannot uh, wait for the backlash. It's a matter here. of importance to people around the world. And I'd love to have that conversation. That's a great Continue, conversation Aaron, to where you're going, because I think I was going to like it. Oh God! I think that I think that was it. it were, it's yeah. just the 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 voting. Yeah, let, the, let the crowd decide. Yeah, I would love uh, team movie theater uh, versus team civil hold rights. Hold on, I, I'm uh, uh, movie theater was my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> in no way did I choose between Plessy and movie theater in my own list. Aaron, when we just were to offline, be clear, you said movie theater's got to get on, or I'm never coming on this show again. I saw Incredibles <laughs> two this weekend, and. That fucking hadn't happened to me. I would not be. I don't know. This may be the only time I'm okay with my students finding this podcast. <laughs> Listen, I stand by it too, and I also think Plessy vs. Ferguson was an incredible, important moment. Check out what I wrote about it. I I think it's I, I for. I Have you guys seen the Batman Lego movie though? 
It's incredible. It's so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to say that I don't care about Plessy versus Ferguson is a disingenuous thing to say, and I, I think never what said I that. and I think that what I've said here shows that to be true. Um, all right, our number one, we all agreed on jazz. Yes, it brings yes. people together. It brings people of many different cultures together. It brings people who. It's a musical gumbo. Yeah. It brings it. It's gonna, it brings us together. It was a musical gumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with it. Go. This uh, yeah. this podcast is like an argumentative gumbo. I think this one, I. I Enjoyed. Yeah, I did too. I think we we I think we had a, a really interesting conversation, and I think it God still went long, so we'll work on that. Yeah, if you're still listening, uh, thanks, thanks so much, Grandma. Yeah, yeah, Mama, Mama. she's dead. Uh, um, yeah, well, thanks so much, Adam, Aaron. That was really fun. Yeah, and, uh, top five oh four. But wait, before go to our Facebook page, yeah. www.facebook.com/forward/slash/top504, and uh, let us know what you thought. Thanks so much for listening. Give us likes. Love you guys. Stay tops. 504. Good night. Bye, murderinos. Murderinos.